Uh, we have seven core values as a church. You can find those online on our social media and different things. I want to give you one of our core values, and it's this. The church, our home. Jesus is building his church. And we will use our gifts, raise our families, and find community in the house of God. Let me say that one more time. This is a value of our church. We will use our gifts, raise our families, and find community in the house of God. Now, I want to make a statement right off the bat. I'm going to preach this message not out of response or reaction, okay? So, uh, we're, we're only a couple weeks old. We ain't had no drama yet. Thank you, Jesus, okay? So, I'm not preaching about being planted in God's house because of any other issue than it's a core value of our church, amen? So, hear my heart and know that I'm not saying this for any other reason. I'm not trying to get people committed or anything weird like that. I literally, my life is a testimony of that statement. I found my gifts and I used my gifts in God's house. My family was raised in God's house. I found community in God's house. And I am where I am today, not because I'm more spiritual than you or more called than you, but I'm here today because the church has always been a priority in my adult life. When I was 15, I got saved and fell in love with Jesus. When I was 17, I fell in love with God's word. But when I was 20 years old, I fell in love with God's house. And I believe I am where I am today because of my love for God's house and for what God has done in me in his house. So I want to encourage you. This is, a, this is a powerful thought. And I want to tell you right off the bat, I love the church. I love the capital C church. I love the body of Christ. We are not a church for people who hate church. We love the church. I love every church in this city. I bless every church in this city. And I thank God for every church that is preaching Jesus this morning. I thank God for every pastor that all week has studied and given his life to God's word and has prayed and has fasted and has met with people and prayed with people and went to hospitals and, and had to bury some people and marry some people. I thank God for every preacher in this city, every church in this city. It doesn't matter their denomination or we may not agree on everything, but I love the church because I believe the church of Jesus Christ is the hope of the world. Can I get an amen from somebody? Listen, I love the church because I was saved in the church. I got baptized in the Holy Spirit in the church. What does that mean? You'll find out in June. I was water baptized in the church. My father was healed of a brain tumor in the church. I met my wife, hey, in the church. I got married in the church. The first time I ever preached God's word was in the church. I received my first prophetic word from God in the church. I got called into ministry in the church. Friend, God has a plan for your life, and God's plan is you connecting to God's house on some level. Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, Jesus said this, I will build my church. This is God's plan. Notice this, Jesus is not building his kingdom, he's building his church. The church is God's plan A, and he does not have a plan B. Huh. When the hurricanes hit Texas in September, 80% of financial giving was given by Christians. Did y'all just hear me? 80% of the giving towards relief in Texas was given by Christians. 
And I thank God for Christians and Cajuns because those boys rolled up in their boats. Amen. (laughs) 65% of hospitals in impoverished areas of our world are run by Christians. If you ever see a natural disaster, you will find the church. In every war, you will find the church. In every world, you will find the church. No matter what's going on in our world, the church has a way of rising and being there to meet the needs of humanity. On 9-11, you saw the church. In every great thing that has ever happened in our world, you will find the church because the church is God's instrument in the earth. And I've just come to declare God bless the church. Thank God for the church. And I thank God that when I got saved, I didn't just get saved. I got saved into the body of Christ. Come on, are you grateful today? I'm grateful for the church. See, we talk about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Y'all ever heard that statement? I believe it. You just won't find it in the Bible. (laughs) Because when you got saved in the New Testament, you got saved into community. You got saved into the body of Christ. The Bible actually says when you receive Jesus Christ as Lord, the Holy Spirit, 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and 12, the Holy Spirit baptizes you into the body of Christ. So you can't be a Christian and separate yourself from the body. So I thank God that you have a personal relationship with Jesus, but we must see that, not just in your lifestyle out there, but we actually have to see it in your service in here. That's why in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul says it like this. Can the eye tell the nose I don't need you? Can the, can the finger tell the toe I don't need you? See, this, this index finger, it's very valuable to me as a guitar player, but the moment I cut it off, it gives me no value. <laughs> and I thank God you're saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost and love Jesus. But if you're not in the church, you're just a weird little pinky toe moving around. <laughs> Ew. Get connected. Use your gifts in God's house and watch how God will use you. There's preachers in this room. You didn't know you could preach until you got up here. Last week, I texted Weston. I said, Weston, you're going to close out service. Huh? Malena, you're leading worship. Tag, you're it. Listen, when you get a demand that is put on you, gifts are activated because there's a demand that is put on you. I don't think Pastor Mitch Fox knew he had a, a teaching anointing to teach God's word. But when he got in God's house, that gift came alive on the inside. Am I making any sense? So to join a small group, to serve in the church, to attend church services, will bring radically different results than just surfing YouTube or watching Christian TV or downloading a podcast. Friend, you got to be in the house of God. You know that as humans, we need physical touch. We are the most disconnected generation ever because of, of technology. So I thank God for technology, but technology cannot take the place of human touch. Look at this statement. This is about infants who who end up in ICU and NICU and things like that, and they need physical touch. You know, you can actually volunteer at hospitals in the city to just hold babies. Did you know that? Because babies need to be held. They can't just be in those things all day. So look look what one doctor said. Lack of physical contact can prevent normal development and can even lead to higher rates of illness or death in infants. 
Some of you don't like church because you don't like the greeting time. It's like, I don't want to shake anybody's hand. That's the whole reason you need to be here. Hey, how you doing? Yeah, it's great. Yeah. And the preacher's like, touch your neighbor. <laughs> but you need it. The things you don't like about church are probably the things you need most in church. That's why we have this little phrase. It's going to come up on the screen. Arrive early. Stay late. Get involved. Friend, if church is at 10, if you pull up at 10, you're late. Right? Because by the time you check in your kids, it's 10-10. You're coming into worship late. You're mad at the usher because they're making you sit in a seat you don't like. And... <laughs> And you're mad at the kids' workers because they're trying to get them in and arrive early. We arrive early to movies. I've been to a couple of Golden Knights games. You get there early because I want to see that pre-show. It's fire. I got to get my hot dog. I got to get my Coke. I got to get my pretzel. I got to get all my stuff. I got to get seated. Come on. I got to get my merch. I got to get all my stuff. And then I got to be there. And then you just wait around for like 20 minutes while you're just waiting around. And yet we roll in 20 minutes late to church. Now, I'm not judging you. I'm not, I'm not making, I don't want you to feel bad. But to get the most out of the experience, arrive early. Get a cup of coffee, meet some new people, shake some hands, get to know some people. Stay late. Don't just rush out. Don't just rush out. Stay around a little bit. Talk to some people. Get to know some people. And then get involved. This, I'm telling you, it'll change your life. Now, let me just give you three things about, about the house of God from, from Psalm 92. And I've... I've just got a couple of minutes to do this. The church brings strength and structure. Write that down if you're taking notes. The church brings strength and structure. Psalm 92 verse 12 says this, the righteous will flourish like a palm tree. Now, I don't know if you've ever seen these images, but have y'all ever seen an image of a palm tree in a hurricane? And that tree can go all the way down till it, it can literally touch the ground. And then it can come back up. Because as tall and as great as that palm tree is, its roots are so deep. That palm tree can be in sand, but it's still unmovable because its roots are so deep. God says, I want you to be like a palm tree where your roots are deep in the house of God. So even when the storms of life come, you're not uprooted. Huh. Now, here's what's crazy about palm trees. In, in this day, in, when Psalm 92 was written, the way they would plant palm trees is they would put them in the ground and then they would get a large, heavy stone and put it on top of the tree and leave it for years. And for years, that palm tree would never move above the ground. But what you didn't know is that below the ground, the roots were getting deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. And then one day they would remove that heavy stone and boom, that tree would go up. Listen, I understand that the church brings some structure to your life. You know, you gotta be on time and you gotta show up and you gotta get involved and you made a commitment and I get it. And you may not like that, but hear me friend, embrace the structure because it's making your roots grow down deeper. Are y'all with me? And then what it leads to is it leads to strength, boom. So that when storms come, you're unmoved. <laughs> Every book in your New Testament was written to a local church or to a pastor of a local church? Every book except for Philemon was written to a local church or to a pastor of a local church? 
Now, let me talk to my super spiritual saints real quick, because it's the 10 o'clock. Y'all don't come to the 1130. That's a different crowd. But let me talk to the 10. <laughs> Paul or any apostle did not write a letter to the kingdom. I'm just a part of the kingdom. I'm a kingdom citizen. I'm a king's kid. No. <laughs> the church is the governing force of the kingdom. And if you're outside the church, you cannot operate in the kingdom. And Paul wrote every letter to a church. John wrote his letters to churches and to pastors of churches. Every letter, Luke wrote his letters to churches and to pastors of churches. Friend, God has a plan for the church and the way God is gonna speak to you is if you're in a local church. So you read Galatians. Galatians is the local church in the city of Galatia. Ephesians was the local church in the city of Ephesus. Colossians was the local church in the city of Coloss. But my point is, is that we read these books and we go, oh yeah, this is for me in my personal relationship with Christ. No, this is for you to feed your personal relationship, but then to empower community within the life of the church. You'll find dozens of these in the new. Is it all right if I'm teaching a little bit? I hope I'm not boring you. All right, be, be patient because it's going to get gooder and gooder and gooder. <laughs> Strength and structure. Let, let me say this. All throughout the New Testament, you'll find this. Pray for one another. Encourage one another. Rebuke one another. Love one another. Be at peace with one another. Forgive one another. There's dozens of one another's in the New Testament. If you want to be a part of these commands, that means you have to get around people. <laughs> Does that make sense? If you're just a YouTube Christian or a Facebook critic Christian or a Christian TV Christian, you are separating yourselves from dozens of scriptures that God's calling you to obey. Well, the church has drama. I know that's why the Bible says forgive one another. Well, no pastor's perfect. I know that's why the Bible says love one another. Am I making sense? Now, now, when I say planted, here's what I mean. I'm here and I've got no plans to go. That's what planted means. But now, let's be honest, we're, we're 11 weeks old. That means all y'all were probably going to another church 11 weeks ago. <laughs> Don't trip. It's all good. Keep looking straight ahead. So what does that mean? Does that mean you're not planted? Does that mean you don't have any commitment? No, it means God led you here. But let me say this. I want you to be here with no plans to go. And if you move on, you move on. And there's a right way to move on. And I just want to talk about it because some of you left churches where they said, if you leave here, you in trouble. Lightning bolts are coming. Car wrecks are in your future. You're going to get sick. That's... Because you came from Pentecostal churches and we're crazy and we need Jesus really bad. And you, you left a pastor that maybe they said it or didn't say it, but they kind of, the, the, the idea is we're, we're the real thing. And if you leave the real thing, you're going to get in trouble. And some of you are still living with that condemnation. Let me, let me just say this. I'm not the Pope. <laughs> and I can't give you permission to do anything. This is America. I don't know if you knew that. This is America. <laughs> I can't tell you what to do. I can encourage you and we can look at God's word, but at the end of the day, you've got to be true 
to what you believe God's saying to you. And so, so if you're going to leave a church, leave prayerful, leave peaceful, leave humble. And I wouldn't say leave with blessing because a lot of pastors aren't going to bless you to leave. So instead, just say, hey, pastor, I love you. I honor you. I, I thank God for the investment you made in my life. I'm moving on. And some of you, maybe you feel like, man, I need to go reach out to my, my former pastor and let him know I left. <laughs> well, they never called. Well, they never emailed me. And I left three months ago and they never called me one time. And my picture was on the City Light Instagram and they never even cared about. <laughs> How many know this is all true stuff that happens? Why not shoot them an email? If you don't have their email, go to the church website and, and send one to the to the standard email and say, dear pastor, I love you. I honor you. I thank God for your voice in my life. I thank God for what you did for me and my family. I will always honor you, bless you, and speak well of you. We've moved on. I love you. And move on. And you don't have to go. And, and you know, and we left because we didn't know where the money was going. And we didn't know how you were. And your wife was mean to me. And I went and said hi to them. And they still don't know my name. And I've been going to that church for 15 years. And she called me Sandra, but my name is Sally. And how dare <laughs> Don't do all that. Come on. Leave peacefully. So you left and now you're here. And I would just ask you. Be here with no plans to go. And then if God says go, go. And we're going to love you and we're going to be good to you. And if you ever want to come back, you can always come back. Number two. Nadia, why am I making you laugh today? Number two. The church will cause you to flourish. The Bible said that Psalm 92 verse 13, planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. Now, I love this word flourish. Now, for all you men out there, we don't like that flourish is like a girly word. So let me give you in the Hebrew. It means to break out or break through. Yeah. Come on, men. Let me hear from you. Yeah. It's like, I don't want to flourish. No, I want to break out and break through. Amen. The church will cause you to break out and break through. Some of you have issues. That's why part of our vision is that you would find freedom. Some of you aren't going to break out and break through of those cycles until you're planted in God's house. Some of you have been in a level of poverty or maybe you've been in a level in your business and you just can't seem to break through or you've, you've been at this number financially for this long and you can't break through or, or your marriage has been at this level for this long and you can't break through. Let me tell you something. If you'll get planted in the house of God, God says, I will cause your life to break out and to break through. You're gonna flourish. Isn't that an awesome, isn't that an awesome promise? So the church activates our gifts. The church reveals our callings. The church gets us out of our comfort zone. The church connects us to God's mission in the earth. And I would say it like this. Take care of God's house. And he'll take care of your house. <laughs> Get planted in God's house. And he said, I'm going to make sure you flourish. If you will plant your house and your life and your home in the house of God, I'll cause your life to break out and break through in every area. Isn't that awesome? Amen. Number three, the church keeps your eyes on Jesus. Jorge, Jorge, come on up, brother. Look what it says in verse 15. The Lord is upright. Notice this. 
notice how the house of God shapes his theology. Notice this. The Lord is upright. He is my rock. There is no wickedness in him. Y'all see that? When I get in God's house, it helps me see who God is. And, and here's my call. My call is to help you see Jesus. Okay, now let me give you a quick, a quick word here from, from Ephesians chapter four. Now these gifts Christ gave to the church. Now how many have ever heard a phrase called the five-fold ministry? How many have ever heard that? Okay, in the Greek language, there aren't five, there's only four. It's prophet, evangelist, apostle, and in the Greek language, it's pastor-teacher. Does that make sense? So in the, in the Greek language, it's prophet, comma, apostle, comma, uh, evangelist, comma, pastor-teacher. And the NLT gets it the best, and pastors and teachers. So let me tell you my call to you. My call to you is to pastor you and teach you. That means that I can't come in every Sunday and hype you up like an evangelist. Does that make sense? I can't always inspire you because if I only inspire and don't teach, you're going to be very inspired, but you're going to burn up. And we're going to be really loud, but we're not going to know the Bible. And we're going to really be hyped, but we're not going to know how to love each other. Because once in a while, I got to be like this, and I just got to chill. And now the last two weeks, I gave you preaching, so you should have been happy. Because I preached on faith and hope. Ah! But today I'm pastoring you. I'm teaching you God's word. Are you all okay with that? So I feel no pressure to entertain you. I really don't. I, I love you, and I love, I love this conversation. I actually like doing this more than I like even preaching. Uh, though preaching is fun. It's like next week, Kyle's going to come in here with flamethrowers. Just, it's going to be fire. And I'm going to be on the front row like. But then the next week, I'm going to teach you the Bible. And I feel no pressure to entertain you. But don't you dare put that on me. Well, he wasn't really funny today. Well, he, I didn't really, I didn't get the chills today. Does that, did the Lord, no, no, no. I'm just teaching you. And I can't stir you up every week because we all going to get tired of that. Amen. So my call is to teach. And I teach you the word. And I pastor you. Pastoring is not telling you what to do. Pastoring is being a shepherd. It's giving you sound advice. Look what, it, look what this says, Hebrews chapter 13. Obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say. That's every pastor's dream scripture right there. <laughs> That's over every pastor's, you know, office mantle, you know. Just before we pray, let's look up and, oh, okay, yeah. yeah. And, and it's in the Bible, but I ain't preaching on it. Here's what I want you to hear. Their work, my work. What do you do all week? Here's my work. <laughs> to watch over your souls because I'm accountable to God. <laughs> I'm like, oh, it's scary. I'm accountable to God. And then it goes on to say, give them a reason to do this with joy and not sorrow. <laughs> like, be nice to me, okay? <laughs> and I'll be nice to you. We'd be cool to each other. That would certainly not be to your benefit. 
I'm here to watch out for your soul. So here's what, here's what meetings look like. Jabin, tell me what to do. Jabin, bless this relationship. Jabin, tell me to take that job. No, 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 I can't do any of that. All I can do is say, here's what the Bible says. Here's my advice because I think it's best for your soul. I don't think you need to be at the club four nights a week. I don't think you do, but I can't tell you not to. I don't, I don't, I don't think you need to be at the casino as much as you, I, I think. But all I can do is tell you what's best for your soul. I think you need to forgive your husband, but I can't tell you to. I think you should be involved in the life of the church, can't make you. You know, there are still churches in 2018 that check their people's tithe records, and if they're not tithing, they'll get phone calls. In 2018? Hell, where are we living? I didn't say hell, I meant to say hello, and I just said hell. Hell, where are we living? Hello, where are we living? That's what I meant to say. Now, I hope there's buy-in. Like, if we're going to hire a staff member, yeah, I want to know you're tithing, of course, because you're Lord. You in this thing. I don't know if Jorge tithes. <laughs> Jesus, look at that. Look. Lord, I tithe my talent, Jesus. I, tithe. I don't know if he does. All I can do is say, here's what's best for your soul. And then... You're going to do what you do, boo-boo. And we're going to, and we're going to, we're going to decide. And I want to be your pastor because I don't want to control you. And God wants you to be plugged into his house, not because he wants to control you, but because he wants your life to break out, break through. And for all my ladies, he wants your life to flourish. Give God some praise. Amen.